You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. We are sitting on the one-yard line of the Dallas Cowboys field in Jerry World. Scott, if I had a play, if yes. I had one play from the one-yard line um, in the backfield of the Dallas Cowboys, it's fourth and goal. I have to score. How much money are you going to bet on me to get in the end zone for one play in the NFL? I would not bet and any. And where would you bet, hypothetically, bet. if you were going to? Definitely. So I would not bet on you. I would bet on you to not make it in the end zone. And the place I would do that is my bookie and guess what if i use promo code boys b-o-y-s i get a 50 percent deposit match and then since you wouldn't make it in the end zone i would make a lot of money back because i would bet up to a thousand dollars that that match would just earn me maybe the bet would be like how many bones am i going to break on that one play over three and a half (laughs) one tackle is all it's going to take exactly and i have a question for you if you wanted to get tickets to see you fail right here in Jerry World, where would you go to get those tickets? I mean, obviously, I'm going to go to SeatGeek, um, and I'm going to use their color-coordinated their color coordinated ticket system to, to get the best value seat. I'm going to look for that green ticket that's going to give me the best deal on SeatGeek, and I'm going to use probably, unless I've already done it, I'm going to use the, what is it? Promo code ACAA. <laughs> Promo code ACAA for twenty dollars off to get my to that's gonna pay for half of a beer in Jerry's world in Jerry world yeah, probably it's expensive beer here, but yeah, those are our great sponsors uh, helping us uh, get here. So uh, here's the best podcast intro song in the history of podcasts. It's the moment of the evening every K-State fan enjoys. Settle down and pour a whiskey, crack open a LaCroix. Please put your hands together and make a little noise for your favorite wildcatters, the handsome Bosco boys. Ooh, Bosco's boys. Come on, boys. Day two of Big 12 Media Days. We're the sitting boys here. are back. The boys are back. We're sitting in AT&T Stadium, Jerry World. It's just a spectacle. Today I've noticed that there's like a Ford end in the end zone. There's just four cars, brand new cars, up in like the mid-tier, third-tier part of the stadium. It's just a, an absurd an absurd place. Yeah, it's certainly crazy. Uh I think I think it's been great. We spoke with 
you know, the media folks who have been doing this for a while, of course, this is our first one. We don't know anything to base it off of. They talked about the functionality was much better when it was at the practice facility last year. Uh, and I'm sure it was. It's not the easiest thing getting around here. But the spectacle of doing this down on the field of what I probably consider the most famous stadium in maybe North America, New New Cowboy Stadium, AT&T Stadium, um, just the spectacle of this all has just been amazing. We have been recording all day down here on the field. Yesterday we were in the field club. It's just, you know, something that's a for us a once-in-a-lifetime experience, and we're sure hoping to make this more of an annual thing. Yeah, um, I've enjoyed it, and we'll definitely be back next year. I mean, if we get invited, we didn't do anything to ruffle too many feathers yet. I think we were a little too shy this year, but well, now we we'll, we'll definitely have more of a plan next year, which will be more fun. I think. Yeah, yeah, and I don't even think it's that we didn't want to ruffle feathers, but literally everyone except for Neil Brown, like they run all the way up until the time they have to cut off. So I, part of me would feel bad if we just tried to be goofy and funny during the big press conference um, and take away from, like, a, you know, a quote-unquote real question. People that are here for their careers, like yes. asking big yes. questions on with, like, a full Jerry World field of journalists. Yeah, so, uh, you know, I, I'm fine with that. Next year um, we're hoping to maybe bring you guys, like, just a full third episode that would be us having more fun during these breakout sessions. Um, again, we had no idea to, what to expect. We weren't really sure what was going on. So next year we'll hopefully have one of these uh, portable XLR recorders so we can have a little bit more fun uh, and bring you guys some of that content. But, uh, you know, outside of that, what what has it been like? We kind of touched on it yesterday, and I, here in a second we'll talk specifically about Coach Kleiman's uh, performance here at Media Day. But what has it just been like? I mean, we got – you got here early uh, today. We all know. We all know more what, complete today. Yes, we all know the uh, issues you were battling yesterday. But you know, we were we were sitting down here, kind of listening in on other radio shows. What was it like just seeing all these athletes and coaches shuffling through the car wash of just radio stations uh, before it even kicked off up on the stage? It's it's really interesting seeing like. Coach Kleiman, like we're on this little radio row thing where basically it's just a bunch of tables lined up. I think what? There's probably like 15 tables in a row, two rows of 15 or so, um, with a bunch of different radio shows and personalities. And they're like just watching Kleiman basically go to one interview and then immediately get pulled to like the next table and the next table and the next table by Kenny. They have like a really, really strict and like tight schedule. When, like, what I was looking on, when you look on, like, the, uh, like, day two, like, sheet, it's, like, means nothing to us, really. Like, the only thing I really noticed in that is, like, this is when the press conference is of the coach, like, the main one. But it's, like, they are following that to a T and then being gracious enough to, like, squeeze us in for 15, 20 minutes. It's, I mean, it's nice. It's probably, like, the worst part of the job, though, like, for for the coach, I would imagine. Yeah, this. I mean, this is not what like, you get into coaching they for. They absolutely probably hate this. Yeah. the players probably love it. Yeah, the players probably love it. The coaches probably hate it. Um, but but they've all been. Every coach has been like very gracious and like first thing they do is like thank you guys so much. Like you know, 
you guys are an integral part to this. So they've all been very nice. Yeah, no, they, they're all, all professionals, or they yes. wouldn't be where they are. So yes, everyone. Except for Les Miles, yeah, everyone today was very professional and had a great job. Um, later on in the episode, you'll hear us talk more about the overall performance of coaches on Media Day with uh, Mason Voth of K-Man, and then also, I mean, have we explicitly said it in this? I mean, later on, we're ending the show with a twenty-minute sit-down with QB one Skylar Thompson. Hashtag pimp juice. Yeah, hashtag pimp juice. You guys are gonna see where that came from when you listen to it. Um, so it, it it's been amazing. So let's kind of talk about this. And ironically, this is the first segment you guys are gonna hear. It's the last one we're gonna record. Um, what did you think of Coach Kleiman's? Uh, performance today we were right in the middle of the scrum and we saw the entirety of his full press conference um did he exceed expectations meet expectations not quite get to him what's your takeaway i think i think climbing exceeds my expectations every time i see him speak um there's a reason that coaches like Dabo and um kelly yep kelly at notre dame have had him come and talk to their teams. I mean, the guy is a just utmost professional. I I think we're really lucky to have him. I think he we could have gotten very lucky, you know. Like we may this he, this might be a diamond in the rough situation. Um, I know we're taking a punt on an FCS guy, a chance, and you know it may not work out. But he is like in his element every time he's talking to people, and when he's in front of a crowd with a microphone in his hand, he knows exactly what to say. I mean, he's. I think he nails it pretty much every time. Yeah, he made a comment. Someone asked the question. I thought it was an interesting question because the question was phrased, how were you able to win over the entire fan base so quickly? So first off, I think it's interesting, and this comes back to uh, we're inside of it. We're in this fish tank. Uh, so we're we're seeing all the you know imperfections and all the uh, blemishes, but – folks outside of the fish tank look in and see like oh my god this guy is replacing a college football hall of famer and he's won over the entire fan base well we know it's not quite like that but it is interesting to hear that's how the question was phrased but he mentioned well i'm a people person you know i i'm a people person and i sell the brand well he really is a people person i, I again i don't think he likes sitting down i think he's a guy who would rather be coaching but he knows how to turn it on like he he uh he he, he did I, I would give him a b plus maybe even a minus in his performance here at media day yeah i mean he's definitely a people person he's he fits at k-state really really well and uh i mean you see that with when you see him speaking in public and you see that when he, his players talk about him um and Skyler will get into that a little bit later in the episode, but pretty much every player that's played for him has spoken highly, spoken highly of, of him and how how well he connects with them and how hard he tries to connect with them from day one. You know, he gives you the program and he says, "I'll I'll step in when I when I need to." He said that multiple times, and I think that's the way to do it. He's the man. So I'm going to hit on th- the three biggest quotes or the three biggest things that stuck out to me and I'll be interested to hear if these were the three things that stuck out to you and your takes on them. The first one, it came while he was at the podium and he, uh, it was uh, answering a question about how do you recruit guys to the four and five and I thought he answered it so well. He said, hey, do you want to play? And then he wanted to make sure he said it 
two or three times in this answer, we're going to get our biggest and best playmakers the ball, and then he goes, and it starts with the quarterback. And then he had the Carson Wentz, uh, refer- Wentz reference, which, you know, it, it was to be expected. So what what was your reaction that's, when he dropped that? I'm kind of mad you said that because that's, like, one of the one things I wanted to bring up from his presser. Um, you know, he got the question and basically uh, um, from a journalist asking – kind of portraying, you know, it's tough to recruit in Manhattan. What are you going to do? How are you going to do that? And he, like, turned that around. He gave – his answer was, like, a perfect 180, and he kind of threw it back at the guy. And he used that question, like, as a tool to recruit, saying, like, we're going to get the ball to our playmakers. This is where you want to come if you're a playmaker. We're going to get you the ball. And, you know, we have Carson Wentz. We had Easton Stick. Why would you not want to come here? Using yeah. it as, like, a platform to say, like, just to extend his recruiting. I thought it was a great answer. Yeah, and then he had those two guys, and now we're going to be able to see what he can do with Skylar Thompson, and I can't wait for that. Something that stuck out to me when uh, he spoke, when Skylar was speaking to us, was how excited he is to play in the system. He goes, I'm finally going to be able to just go fast, and he's starting to develop it. I, I think we're going to see two years of Skylar Thompson that might get him to that to the NFL. So... I don't know if it was K-Man or KSO, but they had a pretty good conversation about um, Skyler on one of their most recent shows talking about how, like, his instincts were kind of coached out of him in the last two seasons. And, you know, like, he was overanalyzing everything. It'll be so exciting to see him kind of just off with the leash off of him. And be able to just play. That's just his offense. It's his team. And just do, you know, use that pedigree and that talent to just make plays. I'm excited. Yes, I cannot wait for it. The next two things, and I'm going to save the actual news for last. Um, someone brought up, I think it might have been uh, Brett McMurphy, brought up the fact that Les Miles was wearing his championship ring from LSU yesterday. Uh, why didn't uh, Coach Kleiman wear any of his rings? And he fired back with maybe the swaggiest thing I've heard all week. Well, with seven of them, it might weigh me down a little bit. That was great. Yeah, that was like a perfect a perfect answer. It was like like a nice shot, but it was also, you know, just classy and witty. Right up his alley, man. He's great. Yep, and then the other thing from the scrum before the actual news that came out, um, someone asked about the whole Hunter Ryzen situation and if he knew about how it was going to be ruled in court before he, uh, you know, basically – suggested he find a new university he said no I didn't know about it but in my gut it just felt like it was the right thing to do um I mean from day one he knew what he was going to do you know there was never going to be I don't think there was ever going to be a time where we were going to do some half half half-ass suspension that kind of kept 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 him in the wing because he's a talented player you know Kleiman showed that he's a man of principle, and if you break the rules, especially with something like that, you're going to be gone. And I couldn't be happier that we weren't, like, trying to find a way to keep him on the roster, keep him out for a year, even like that. I'm, I'm glad. I mean, I'm glad that he made that decision and moved forward. And just on that subject, there, there was – that's got to be just a load off, you know? Like, oh, yeah. He doesn't have to answer stupid questions like that because, you know – he made the right decision, and now he gets to focus on the team. Yep, and on that topic, I think there was 
uh, a tweet that came in, and I think that there was merit to the tweet that came in, and I wanted to touch on it just real quick. It was surrounding the conversation that we had on our show about Les Miles uh, yesterday that was it was about the tone and not what he said. I do want to touch on this. Um, we've said it on a couple episodes of our podcast, um, but we'll say it again. Uh, first off, we don't condone any athlete doing that, let alone someone at K-State, but the fact that Puka Williams is only getting the one game. It's disgusting. The way Les Miles decided to go about answering that question and making those comments was disgusting. The fact that uh, he wants to say that they have a zero pol- zero tolerance policy for violence against women only to give him a one-game suspension is disgusting. Uh, we don't want there to be any sort of confusion where we stand as a podcast. Uh, we don't want there to be any confusion of what we said la- yesterday, in yesterday's show where uh, we were commenting on his uh, ability to de- deliver a message because the message was despicable. So I just wanted to clear that up because I do think it was a valid comment that someone uh, sent our way about all that. Yeah, I agree. Um I think you pretty much covered the bases there. And the last thing we're going to jump into before we do our segment with Mason Voth and our interview with Skylar Thompson wrapping up media day coverage is the biggest piece of news that happened on the K-State front. Marcus Hayes, the Speed Demon safety transfer from New Mexico, has been denied his waiver for immediate eligibility. Um, And that throws a little bit of a wrench into the plans when it comes to uh, secondary plans. Um, I think it will be nice to have him still with two years of eligibility starting next year and a year to learn the system. Um, But what was your reaction when you heard that, and does it really affect your outlook on the season? Not really. I mean, I was was disappointed. I mean, he's going to have to sit out a year now. But like you said, that's going to give him – two years it's going to give him another year in the system to kind of learn the culture and I don't know I don't think it's that huge of a loss um I don't know if we talked about this but he also dropped a little bit of a nugget about Nick Lenners oh yes not really a hundred percent that's concerning to me um yeah I, I was hoping we would get a lot of contribution from Lenners this season um he was robbed of last year and I think somebody dropped on the boards too before today. Like you know, Leonard. I'm hearing that Leonard's isn't 100, percent and that that that's disappointing and concerning. Um, it may not mean you know we still we still have a month and a half to go for him to heal up and get ready for the season. But with tight end being such an integral part of Kleiman's offense, it's disappointing because I had I was excited to see Leonard's. Not that he's out, but it just puts a little bit of a question mark on how much of an impact he's going to have. Yeah, because he really was going to be one of the biggest impact guys in this new-look offense. Uh, If that is the case, I believe, and he he touched on this, Adam Harder, uh, he's working out with as a tight end and a fullback. So it might be one of those situations that if Nick Lenners isn't ready to go on day one, Adam might have to be a full-time tight end, and then the Seawolf, Jack Stanine, will just have to – take all the snaps which is fine since we put him in our first team all big 12 team <laughs> yeah we're gonna need that yeah uh i was gonna say something and i completely lost my train of thought oh uh, well you know it is what it is um we had a lot of fun. Oh, oh go make a make an instagram we had a nice like 20 or 15 minute i don't know how good it was but from oh, now on we can do like live stuff we went live with coach climbing you know i had my camera in his face so if you have an instagram we had like 15 people look at that which is you know, not very much, but you got to see, like, 
a live interview with Coach Kleiman and answering well, questions. A lot from, of folks were at work. Sure. I That's a good point. But we still only have like 80 followers. But the fact that you can do like live videos from Instagram is nice. Yeah. So uh, anyone listening to this, make sure you're following us. It's just Bosco's Boys, no space uh, on Instagram. We're trying to, I mean, we're working with To The Ville. We're putting out some really fun graphics. Um, we're really trying to make a push on there. Um, you know, I think we're going to do it regardless. It's, it's, it's a fun platform. But the more people on there kind of, you know, validates our effort yeah i agree i agree all right so uh i think that's all we got uh like said going with mason and skylar thompson qb1 hashtag pimp juice um (laughs) and yeah uh that's all we got uh we love you guys um it's not the end it's not the end we're gonna send it to mason Boom, we are back. Day two media days right down here, almost in the end zone of AT&T Stadium. And we have a debutante making his first Bosco's Boys debut. That is the one, the only, Mason Voth from K-Man the Game. Mason, how are you doing? Did I get uh, your last name right? Good. Yeah. It's Voth. Yes, not, okay, it's not Voth. Yeah. So it's Mason Voth. So as tradition as making your debut to Bosco's Boys, I'm presenting you with a Bosco's Boys koozie. I've always wanted one of these. This is actually the real reason I was hovering around you guys so much today. I wanted to come on here and talk. uh, What what are the parameters of what I can and can't say on this podcast? Literally anything. We have an explicit rating, um, so you can cuss. No slurs, but you can cuss. Um, But, yeah, you can say literally whatever you want. I mean, that's a good rule to have in life, no slurs. I, you know, there's just some things that you, you talk about and you go, yeah, that makes sense. You can translate that from what we're doing here to live or uh, just anything else. Man, there's a lot of good shirts being worn here on Media Row today. Okay, so uh, this is this is a question that we're going to go around. So not just day one, but for the entire media day, who do you think was the sharpest dressed coach? Uh, Grant, since you haven't talked in this segment yet, I'll go to you first. Who do you think was the best-looking coach suit-wise? I, like, um, I just saw – I'm having, like, some – like a pattern of seeing coaches in the bathrooms. Um, I just saw uh, Rule. And I you know, up close, man, I really like that green jacket. It's it's pretty solid. Um, other than that, I mean, we didn't see Matt Campbell, but I'm sure he was dressed like an absolute loser. Yeah. Um, Kleiman looked he nice. He looked way too tan today, let me tell you. Oh, fake tan. I think – uh, I mean, ter- seeing Herman up close, he looked pretty solidly dressed. He looks good. He had a Lincoln nice gray Riley suit. looked good yesterday, but sadly his his head of hair just doesn't do him a lot of favors. Yeah, I kind of wonder why he hasn't tried to, you know, go the Wayne Rooney route and get some hair plugs. Or No, I appreciate the authenticity, you know. Just okay. embrace it. I say go the Matt Hall man, route and know? just buzz short, and that's – Live that way. I left the buzz cut life in the third grade. My I, dad was cutting my hair. I said, Doesn't "Well, you have good. hair now, though." Yeah. So I, I actually think Matt should just go full bald. But uh, <laughs> what if you had to do the one? So, so Grant, are you landing on the green jacketed Matt rule for your best dress of the sure. weekend? Sure. Yeah. All right. So that's it. Right, I, I of mean, the coaches, right? Of the coaches, just coaches. Yeah. And um, w- I'm gonna go Tom Herman. I think Tom Herman like looks the gray, good today. Gray he looks suit. pretty fly uh, up yeah, close. He just he kind of looks just built to me. I like that now. 
We're expanding to, you know, just all athletic department members. I said earlier today that Kenny Lanou Loved is the best-dressed person here. Oh, the yes. The purple blazer looks amazing. Purple blazer, like, dress pants and then some big Air Maxes. Yeah, he had Sweet some shoes. Air Maxes. Those were really – that was a really good look. I agree with you on all members that Kenny's number one. I'm sticking with Lincoln Riley's the best dress of the weekend. Oh, yeah. of the week. he did look really he did good. Did look yesterday. really good. I do want to give a shout out to Coach Kleiman. I actually I had said it a couple times yesterday. I didn't think he would wear a suit very well, but he looked very good, composed, dark suit, purple tie. I thought it was a good look on him. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I think he came out strong. The purple tie is the way to go. You don't need to make anything else too purple, especially when a guy in your own department, Kenny, is already rocking the purple blazer. So you don't need to try and you know outdo that. Just do your own thing. Go from there. I agree. So let's get into a little bit more of the substance today. We'll uh, we'll, we'll get your thoughts on how Coach Kleiman handled his press conference. But outside of Coach Kleiman, what was the one coach that really stood out to you today and kind of made, made your ears perk up a little bit? Well, so, you know, bad on my part, but John and I were doing interviews during Campbell and Rule, which was interesting because we had had this talk leading up to it that we – we thought Matt Rule doesn't get enough credit from the KSO guys. We think they're really low on him. So from what I did get to hear on him, I you know I thought he was fine. Um, I mean Neil Brown was probably a little disappointing today. He was boring. Talk about a bad haircut. No, now see I don't know. I think that plays well to w- what he's doing over there in Mountaineerland. But I just think like he came off as a little nervous too. And I think even at times Coach Kleiman came off as a tad nervous on the center stage. But Rule, I, like, like the first like minute, he looked extraordinarily nervous. Yeah, he was, he was he super was shaky. He was always doing stuff with his fingers and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, but I understand Coach Kleiman being, you know, a little intimidated by getting up there for the first time because he told John and I that at North Dakota State, their media days consisted of just hopping on the phone and saying, what's up? We're going to win it all again this year. He didn't actually say that part, but that's what I'm sure the mindset he had. So, I mean, Herman probably had to be the guy that killed it up there. Um, I, I do think some of the things that Neil Brown said were interesting from what I got to hear. So, yeah. Yeah, I – I think that of the ones I heard to the entirety, again, we were with uh, Skyler during the Matt Campbell interview, so I didn't hear any of that. But we got back right in time for Matt Rule. I think he handled himself the best. I think he's trying to change that Baylor narrative because he wanted to make sure everyone knew that, hey, they had – the more graduates than anyone except for Clemson. They had guys doing all this community service. They had a handful of guys down in South America doing a mission trip. I think he actually is doing a very good job of trying to change that nasty narrative around Baylor football. Grant, we got back just in time for it. What did you take away from that rule? Uh, yeah, that's the first thing that jumped out is he's really hammering away at the culture is changing. Um, he didn't want to drop any names. Obviously, somebody who asked the questions about the POS, I guess I could say piece of shit. I mean, we can say whatever we want on yeah, here. Yeah, we actually haven't cussed much on this episode, so we need to earn that explicit tag. Earn so your stripes. The piece know. of yeah, shit so that came before shit. him, um, he, he, he was making it like a big point to talk about how, you know, we've changed directions. We've got all these guys that are representing the university and the conference in a great way. And, I mean, I – 
Matt Rule has impressed me. He's impressed me. I think he's done a great job at Baylor, and I think they're going to be pretty damn good this year. Yeah, I would agree with that because even that first year he was at Baylor, I remember standing there right before K-State played Baylor, I think to start conference play in 2016, and I was sitting there thinking, like, Baylor, I know they're not a good team, but, man, if they – like, K-State should be a little nervous about this because he could win at any point. I, I think they'll be really entertaining this year. And I, some of the things I heard him say about Charlie Brewer were interesting and – I feel good about where they're going. Also, another side note, did Skylar Thompson get a koozie or is that against NCAA rules? Yeah, so we, <laughs> we, we talked about it in, uh, before this happened. I said, I don't think we can give him a koozie. We don't want to break any rules. But we told him that, hey, after you graduate, uh, we can have a more uh, fun interview than ours because we, we tried to do some of the regular sports questions. But we had some fun afterwards. But we told him if he comes back on after he graduates, we'll uh, have a little bit more fun and hook him up with a couple koozies. Yeah, that sounds like a good thing to I do. I don't want to get him in any trouble. So <laughs> yeah. uh, so we'll uh, talk a little bit about Coach Kleiman before you have to run off because it looks like some of the uh, breakouts are happening very soon. And I don't want John to get mad at you because we all know how John can get. That's actually the second shot I've taken at John on this episode. What was the first one? Well, because we got Skylar right after you guys. And I was like, yeah, sorry, you just had to talk to John. I know he can be a bit of a buzzkill. As a mm, joke, John, yeah. if you're listening. And Skylar uh, was like, yeah, I hear you. <laughs> he, he was not like that. I'm sure he loved your, your time. So, John, if you're listening, I'm just kidding. I, I like to have a little fun at your expense. But before you have to go and check out those breakouts, what are your specific thoughts about Kleiman's performance up on the stage. And uh, did you make it over to the scrum afterwards? Uh, not really. Not I was really. there. I took a peek. But I'm not a scrum kind of guy. Yeah. Well, Did it, you know that in rugby, people die in those scrums? So That's scary. Yeah, want to stay away from those. Uh, yeah, stay away from the scrums. So, But just give us your thoughts of uh, climbing up on the stage and uh, – just your overall thoughts before you head off and keep doing your day job. I thought after some of the like initial mannerisms where he seemed a little nervous, and again, I completely understand why that would be. He still was very strong in what he was saying. He was well composed. He had an idea of where he was going and got to it. I mean, he's just another one of these sharp guys that K-State has with him because he gets up there and he's not going to drone on about anything, but he's going to get to the point, make it clear what he's talking about, and then be done. So I think that was really nice. I, I just think – he answered questions well, didn't try really dodging anything because we have seen some coaches dodge things this week. And also really positive that he could just get up there and didn't have to have a statement about anything controversial. He could just say, I'm excited to be the head coach at K-State. I also think it was good the way he handled being asked about, you know, filling in for Bill Snyder now and coming after him. And he's well aware of the situation. And I think he's saying all the right things and taking the right approach. And, hey, you know, I'm not trying to be him. He built something that's pretty crazy. I'm never going to be him, but we can try at least to continue this and do a couple things in a different manner because that's really what's going to push K-State forward over the next, you know, 10 years and past that in football is just changing things up a little bit, making things a little bit more attractive to the other guys. I'm sure he's really excited about seeing a light at the end of the tunnel with that question because I'm sure it gets so annoying. Every single time he's probably done something in the media they have to ask about how how does it feel you know how are you handling filling those shoes i'm excited for that to not be asked again myself and i guarantee he's tired of answering it but you, it doesn't show and that would be yeah, almost a disaster if he'd give out like this exasperated <sighs> you know i'm not yeah. gonna fill his shoes i'm just trying no he he answers it with the same enthusiasm he has since his opening press conference and that's that i 
I mean, that's just what I like. And, uh, you know, I thought you did a good job. And Grant and I will touch on it. it I think after this, I have no idea how we're going to order our, our segments. But uh, we'll, we'll dive into it a little bit later. But, Mason, I, I – think, uh, I think real quick, yes. the way he doesn't get tired of answering that question, the way he comes at it with so much energy, I think really just shows how much respect he has for Bill Snyder and what he did for Casey. I mean, how could you not, even if you're outside of all this? But, yeah, I think he just has a lot of respect for him, and I think he still wants to be very mindful of, you know – he understands that things probably didn't end the way anybody wanted them to because even though the sentiment got to the point where it was like, yeah, it's time to make a change and move on from Bill Snyder, nobody in, at K-State would have wanted to have said, you know what, we want Bill Snyder to be forced out. That's how we want it to end. You would have wanted it to come <laughs> on his terms. It just got to the point where that couldn't happen because, you know, the, the time has changed in college football and it was time for a new face, and I think that's going to work out well for K-State. And I love the way you wrapped that up, uh, Mason. Thank you for joining us right here in AT&T Sam, right near the end zone where uh, your favorite guy, Dak Prescott, tries to score touchdowns. going to score so many. Mason, I'm sitting on the one-yard line. You have one play. Oh, yeah. yes. You have good. one play on the one-yard line in this stadium. It's fourth and goal. Yeah. You have the ball. Yeah. They're giving you the ball. What, what's the play you're running? Do you think you could score one play in the NFL? Me? In this stadium. You're on the one. Yeah. And so they drop a play for you. I, I got a good idea for you. I'm not going to even have to draw anything up. Just throw me back in the gun. And that Cowboys offensive line going to be fine for me. And I saw how the game ended against the Eagles here last year. Like, you know, Dak almost got picked off. It got tipped. But Amari Cooper was there. So, ball's just falling into the right hands here at AT&T Stadium. So, you know, get your hands on the balls for me and let's go. Perfect. Tell uh, all the boneheads where they can find you on Twitter and also tell them where they can hear your smooth tones every Monday through Friday. Yeah, uh, on Twitter it's at the real Mason V. Don't criticize me. I made it when I was in middle school and I thought that was the thing because Shaquille O'Neal's handle was at the real Shaq. So I thought that's what everybody's doing. So that's good. Uh, yeah, KMAN, 1350 AM in Manhattan, 93.3 FM. We get to have some fun. We get to you know, listen to John Kurtz talk about what's what's wrong with me because I'm not just this great young person that's all vibrant as he is. So, you know, it's a lot of fun. Sometimes it's not, but that's good. And uh, also your podcast page, I'm going to challenge the boneheads. The first bonehead who leaves a five-star rating on the game on their podcast page and you have to leave a comment and the comment needs to say we need more mason i will send you a bosco's boys koozie how's that sound that's high praise i i want it and actually i'm gonna give nobody anything but uh (laughs) just load that thing up with comments about me and in all honesty drop every once in a while a one-star rating and say, man, that Mitch Fortner guy, shouldn't follow him on Twitter. I mean, he, Mitch thinks we're in a little bit of a prank war right now just because he keeps leaving his social media open. And I get in there and, you know, say something about one of his favorite wrestlers. Like, oh, boy. But, you know, things happen. And there's this guy who follows on Twitter, does, like, basketball skill type things, like moves the ball around a ton. And I just slid into his DMs one time because Mitch follows him. I said, hey, what's up? And really appreciative of the work you do. And Mitch thought that was a bad thing. So Mitch and I are in a little bit of a war. So, yeah, don't follow at Mitch the Fort on Twitter. I repeat, don't follow at Mitch the Fort on Twitter. You don't even have to follow me at The Real Mason V. Don't follow me. Just unfollow at Mitch the Fort if you're already following. That's perfect. Mason, thank you so much. I love Mitch, by the way, every (laughs) once in a while. John's great, too.
<laughs> Thank you, Mason. Have a good rest of your day, media days, and drive home safe. Thanks, guys. I got to say this one time. Shit. <laughs>
led the charge on that. And he, uh, it's been so impressive. Like, I, I feel like he got, and we have 120 guys on our football team, and he, I feel like, got their names down in a week. Like, it was like he's walking around, he calls you by your name, and, you know, he stops and asks you, you know, how you're doing. And he, he, he always said, like, in our one of our first meetings, he was like, if you guys are ever up here on the fourth floor and don't stop by my office and say hello or say hi to your prison coach, like, we're going to have problems. And I just think that says a lot about him and the type of person and coach he is. He's a player's coach, and that just has to, we're so excited to go play for him. Definitely. So you are having to learn a new offense. How far along the line are you learning the Messingham climbing offense? Because, you know, you're coming yeah. in being a junior. You probably had knew the last one front and back. How far are you for this new playbook? Yeah, well, um, what's crazy about, I think, any offense is even when you feel like you got it down, there's always more to learn um, and expand on. And even with my three years of experience in our old offense, there was still stuff that I, you know, was learning and, and getting better at. But, uh, you know, with this offense, there's so much to it. There's so much um, different, you know, pre-snap adjustments, formations, personnel, and all that kind of stuff to where uh, – like it's it's pretty challenging. It's pretty challenging. There's a lot a lot of stuff on my plate for for me to kind of memorize and understand. Um, but you know, the spring was a great great learning process mm -hmm. for me. Um, it was truly 15 practices of just learning and learning and learning. Um, and I, I could just feel myself from from practice one to where I was at on our spring uh, showcase day. This is night and day different. I mean, where I the first seven practices half halfway through the spring through spring ball, I was. Uh, I was just thinking so much pre-snap. I'm like, okay, what is this, this guy's running this route? This is my protection, this and that. And then I felt like as we got later on, I would call the play. I know what everybody's doing. And I was able to kind of digest the defense, you know, and kind of just as we got further into spring ball, everything started slowing down a little bit. I was anticipating throws. Um, and I truly, truly believe this is my best spring that I've had here. Oh, uh, going on with a new, whole new system. Um, I was spinning the ball well. I was putting the ball where I wanted. I was anticipating throws um, and just having fun. Having fun. That's uh, that's been my favorite part about all this. Is I've just uh, I've realized more than ever that this game is is a gift, and it's uh, it's going to end someday. It's uh, just trying to embrace every opportunity that I have with my teammates and coaches, and just having fun and and just making some plays and looking forward to carrying that over in the season this year. Well, speaking of spring ball, how how different does it feel? Pretty much knowing that you know you're the guy instead of having to battle for your spot. Yeah. Well, it's, you know, it's hard to, to put into words and explain to somebody who hasn't been in the situation because um, it's tough. It was, last year was, was really, really tough. Um, and I think Alex and I both handled it the best way we possibly could. Um, and, you know, we're both, we're both in, in, you know, in good positions now. Um, it all worked out the way, you know, it was meant to be uh, for the both of us. He seems really happy and and, and, you know, happy for, for his move and, and whatnot. And that's truly what we wanted for both. And we just, we got to the point where it's like, man, like we just, this is this is tough. You know, we just want to both play and, and be happy. Um, and, uh, you know, going going into this season and Coach Kleiman after spring ball telling me that I'm, I'm the guy and I know that and truly from our coaches and our team knows that it's, it just gives me a ton of confidence, gives me a ton of confidence and a lot of belief in, in myself and my teammates. You know, you can just feel the continuity and trust between all of us and how them knowing that I'm the starting quarterback and that I'm the leader of this football team, how much has impacted our team in a positive way. And, you know, that's just 
there's it's really gave me the opportunity to really lead too. I've grown a lot in my leadership um, the past seven months, um, and it's 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 just been a it's been a blessing uh, to to have the opportunity and for the coaches to to give me the reins to do that um, and just fully like you know that's it says a lot how. I mean, Coach Slime literally said that this is your football team. This is your program, your guys' program. I'll step in when I need to. And, you know, he's saying that. I was like, okay, you know, <laughs> let's go do this. And I think everybody else embraced, embraced in that too. And the, the other guys I got with me are great leaders as well. We got some great leadership on our football team with a lot of experience. And um, we're just really, really looking forward to getting into fall camp. And, you know, the most important thing is picking up where we left off from practice 15 on day one of fall camp and not take any, any setbacks because it's going to be a process. We're going to have some learning curves throughout this season where it's going to get tough. But, you know, it's just important that we just buckle down and just keep going. So real quick, we're just, you know, dumb fans on here. So, <laughs> so t tell us what is one thing when I, I come in there on August 31st, I should be looking for and be like, wow, Skyler took a big jump from last year to this year. What should I be looking for to make that distinction? Distinction. Um, you know, I would uh, I would just say just my ability to, to play fast, to play fast and not think. Um, I Ricky like, Bobby style, yeah, go fast. Just go fast, <laughs> baby, yeah. Um, and uh, I think I think last year I, I was just I, – I was thinking way too much um, and so afraid to make a mistake. Um you know, it kind of goes along with the quarterback. You know, it's just like we were rotating and stuff. It's like, okay, if I have a bad possession here or whatever, like, am I going to get pulled? And they're going to put the other, you know, Alex in. Like, not having that, um, you know, and just it's really I've, – I've studied so much film and try to prepare myself so much for this to where I don't have to think and it's more of just reaction. That's when you ask any athlete in the world, you know, they play their best when they're reacting and not thinking. Um, and that's what I'm going to I'm – I've taken so much pride in my preparation uh, this summer to where, you know, when, when game one approaches, you know, I'm going to do all the preparation I can to where, you know, I'm going to be out there just playing ball and having fun. And that's where you're going to be able to tell a difference from, from August 31st from last year. You've had some iconic plays, some iconic yeah. moments in your, in your career in the first two years. But you have two seasons left. So what do you want to accomplish in your junior and senior seasons? Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I obviously the the ultimate goal is to win a championship. I mean, that's that should be everybody's goal. Um, but that's why that's why I came to K State to to bring bring something back here that we haven't done since 2012. Um, so that that's definitely my my top goal. Um, but I, you know, I, I just want to be successful. Um, going five and seven and not being in a bowl game last year uh, really stung stung me and I felt like a lot of that um, kind of I shouldered a lot of that um, and even though it probably wasn't all on my plate there was a lot of different things going on but I felt like it was my fault um, and that that was that was a brutal brutal time really in my life that a lot of people don't really understand or, or notice um, but like it's it's just uh, it, it's really it's really crazy to like I like I said to, to, I got two years left. You know, like I feel like I've been here for a long time. I got to play as a redshirt freshman, and uh, I still got two years of eligibility left. And there's so much left to accomplish, so much more opportunities that lie ahead. And I'm so thankful that 
that I we've had this transition and it's been so so well and gone so smoothly and I have two years left with with coach Kleiman um, and I can go he's gonna put me in position to go to go accomplish those things that I want to accomplish and he knows he knows my personal goals um, but more importantly than anything I'm I'm putting the team first in everything I do. Um, I'm just going to go try to win football games. If that's me handing the ball off every play or that's me throwing the ball every play, like whatever coach wants me to do, uh, whatever they ask me ask of me, like I'm going to do it to the best of my ability to help us win. And, you know, I think we, we, we have a lot of talent on our football team to where we can do something special. And a lot of people don't, and the outsiders don't believe that, which is, is right where we want to be, honestly. So it's, uh, it's, 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 going to be an awesome awesome two years and I'm just looking forward to going out there and playing and having fun and uh, you know giving this K-State fan base what they deserve. All right final of like the kind of serious questions before we get you out of here with some fun stuff a lot has been made about the lack of returning experience at the running back spot uh -huh. and then wide receiver with all the you know transfers some stuff that's happened in the offseason we won't get into that yeah. but what do you want to tell the K-State fans to say hey these are our weapons. Give us just like a quick, you know, overview because my, my assumption is, is, hey, it's going to be a much better group than what yeah. the outsiders are trying to say. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, and a lot of talent and there's young, some young guys in the receiving core. Uh, we got Dalton Schoen coming back who's, who's here today, has a lot of experience, uh, great route runner, uh, catches the football, uh, very, very trustworthy guy. Um, and then we got some younger guys, uh, Chip Bastion Taylor um, and Malik Knowles, who are both. 6'3", 6'4", Sebastian Taylor is 225 pounds, um, Malik is 205 and it can run like the wind. Malik Knowles, he played a little bit towards the end of the last year, he'll be a yep. redshirt freshman, but he's the most talented guy on our football team, like 100%. The dude can run like the wind, get out of his brakes, catches everything, he's long, just has good ball skills, if you know what I'm saying. And, uh, you know, we've been, been, been trying to bring Malik along as much as possible mm -hmm. and trying to to get him to realize that and really embrace that that role that he's going to play on our football team because he's going to be very important. Um, and then also a guy in my class who who became as a walk-on quarterback from Atchison, Kansas, uh, Joaquin Gill, um, is has really impressed me. He's gotten a lot better. Uh, he moved to receiver, and we had our we had a great spring together this spring. I mean, I was connecting with him left and right. Um, him and then Landry Weber. I mean, we got we got a lot of we got a lot of guys that just. You know why people are probably doubting they don't have a lot of experience you know that's, that's kind of where we're struggling um there but i've just been doing my best to, to embrace in, in those guys and try to lead them and bring them along watching film and just throwing as much as possible to give them some confidence um and then at the running back position we got we got two transfers we got uh james gilbert and jordan brown um who are both fifth year seniors uh and we also have another guy harry trotter um who's a kansas kid as well and we've got three guys there um, along with another guy, I forgot, uh, Tyler Burns. Oh, yeah, he uh, we, came back. Yeah, so we have – we got four guys there. We went from not having – I mean, our season ended last year and Alex Barnes leaving, and, and we're like, holy, like we got one <laughs> running back, you know, to now that we, we have four. We felt the four, same way. <laughs> yeah, we have four, and we have uh, – we got some freshman guys that are going to be really good too in the, in the future. Yeah, that room got talented really quick. Very quick, Real and quick. I'm telling you, that, that get, just shows – Shows how well of, of a job our, our coaching staff does recruiting. Definitely. I mean, those guys recruit their butts off, and they know how to get guys here. Um, but they're, I'm telling you, all, all of our running backs are special in their own way. They're very unique. Um, they're not the biggest guys in the world, but they run hard, and they have good vision. They can catch the football. I think that's one of the biggest biggest things is all of them can catch. Mm -hmm. And you're going to 
we, we throw the ball to the backs quite a bit. So Can't wait for um, it's going to be exciting. It's going to be so exciting. Um, and we got a we got a lot of weapons. We got we got some young guys, like I said. But it's just gonna we're gonna get some experience, and you know it'll it'll work itself out. All right, we'll try. We'll get into more rapid fire questions right. here. <laughs> yeah, so you we can't don't want say Kenny yourself. And Ryan get mad at us. <laughs> <laughs> no, Kenny's Kenny's behind us. So uh oh, I'm, I'm a little Kenny's gonna intimidated. Pop us on the head. Okay, you can't say yourself, but which is the best dressed guy at media day? Best dressed guy. Um, I'm gonna go Trey Deshaun. Really? Yeah, I just. I just, I'm, I'm saying my boy Trey just because, I mean, the guy's 305 pounds. I mean, and wearing a suit, no, no way that can be that comforting. <laughs> but, I mean, he's wearing a, a white jacket. I mean, he's just all purpled out, too. I mean, he's true K-Stater. He's going for it. Um, him and, I mean, they, everybody's well-dressed. If, if Reggie Walker heard that I said Trey over him, he'd probably be upset at me. But Luckily, I think he's out of air, sh- yeah. air shot. Yeah. Uh, next one. So, a lot's been made about uniforms, yada, yada, yada. But if you were designing it head-to-toe, a K-State alternate oh, uniform oh, oh, oh. for one game, what would it be? One game. One game, head that to toe. That is one of the best questions I've ever, I've ever been asked because I'm telling you, uniforms are one of my favorite things. Coach Kleiman You're, hated it you when are we in asked right him spot. something similar, though. Yeah. We yeah. had him, and he was just like, oh, God, another uni-. No, yeah. he didn't act like that, but I think he's tired of it, so I'm glad yeah, you yeah, like yeah. this one. Oh, I love it. So this, this, would be my, this would be my ideal. If I could have one game to wear one jersey, and I know this is, pro- this is definitely going to be going against Coach Kleiman's rules. Um, not rules, but his kind of opinion. But I would go a matte black helmet. I like it. So a matte black helmet. Um, what decals? With a purple chrome power cap. Ooh, all right. And I would go a purple chrome face mask. And then I would go black jersey, black pants. And I would just try to black it out as much as possible, like with the numbers. Um, just being being purple outlined with black numbers. Ooh, all right. Um, and then the shoulder, like the same traditional look with what we have on the shoulder pads and everything. Just like blacked out. And, and just just black, black socks, black everything, and wear it on a night game. Kind of like what Iowa State did. I'm telling you what, like whenever we played them last year and they came out in all black, I was like, oh, this, these dudes, these <laughs> they dudes look, look good. good. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and it's, you know, one of my Pop Warner coaches growing up, he always told me, you look good, you feel good, you feel good, you play good. So, uh, and there's a lot of truth to that. So, that would, that's what I would do. I would I would go all black. But I think it's just so unique. We have such a good color combination. We could do so much if we wanted oh, yeah. to. Um, but I just love the chrome. I feel like that would be, that'd be really sweet. But right, right when uh, Coach Klein was asked about the uniforms whenever he got here, he was like, I don't think we'll ever be, ever be able to go all black. Well, that sounds like a Gene Taylor a thing. Gene. So Gene, yeah, through Gene. I'm yeah. going we'll to – I'll talk with Gene. Yeah. I'll, we'll yeah. work on him. Oh, yeah. I think he kind of likes us. Yeah. So. I think he just wants us to win to football games and – I think you guys yeah. will do that. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, so Coach Kleiman would not really tell us um, what he would sing for his karaoke song. He definitely dodged the question. So you're on the 50, 50 yard line, Bill Snyder Family Stadium. It's full. You got to sing one song or you die. Those are the stakes. <laughs> Which song? What's that one song you're very comfortable with? Like, oh, I'm going to nail this one. Oh, man. Uh. <laughs> See, this surprises me. It, you I seem like a guy a really who'd be a singer. Oh, I, I'm a singer, but not in public. Um, just in the shower. All right, what's That's your go-to my, shower song, then? My go-to shower song? See, it's really just whatever I'm I'm feeling, but I would probably... Oh, man, you guys are putting me on the spot. Because I, I, I can sing really anything if, if, if my heart's, heart's feeling it. But I would say... Um, 
So would you guys are you guys thinking like a like a karaoke traditional type? No, no, anything. anything. All right, anything. mine would be Usher Confessions Part Two. Mine's oh Hero my. by Enrique Iglesias. Oh. And I would, I would, I know yeah, every like, word. Would crush it. You would crush it. Yeah. See, I could sing. I could sing word for word to that song. All right. Okay, then I'd say you. I would love to that. see that. Yeah. And like then some Grant Usher will be jamming out in the like stands. Some Usher, some throwback. What about Neo? Burn? Some Ooh, Neo. Neo. Ooh. All right. See, I grew up in that. You know that that was like my younger younger age. You know days and my. Oh, uh, I had an older brother and sister in high school, so like that was like. Me too. The Usher, <laughs> Nelly. Okay. You know what? I could sing. I don't know if you guys ever heard this, but Pimp Juice by oh, yeah. uh, of course. Nelly. Yes. I could nail that word for word. That's amazing. No doubt. And I That's would get perfect, it. I would definitely get into it. Okay, perfect you, answer. This what this is not on my outline, but I, I call you Skylar the Creator on Twitter. Should I just start calling you Pimp Juice instead? Oh. Should I should I try to make that your nickname on Twitter <laughs> oh, with all man. the K State fans? Yeah, whatever whatever works. Shoot, okay, I don't care. So, so you guys heard. A lot of people get, get why why is Pimp Juice. Well, hey, so. they'll just have to come yeah, listen to yeah, it. So yeah. just just so everyone knows, it is now Skylar Pimp Juice Thompson. So, uh, <laughs> quick hitter, who oh, bleeds goodness. more purple, Willie the Wildcat or Tyler Bratt? Or Taylor Bratt. He's going to kill me when he hears that. <laughs> I love Taylor. Uh, we hung Taylor out with him a couple weeks ago. Taylor Bratt, I mean. Purple wedding ring, purple Jeep. Purple, exactly. Like, he traded in a, a challenger for a purple Jeep. The dude has purple shoes all over the place. I mean, he has, he literally was telling me how he has, he has two daughters. He has them in the, the living room listening to the K-State fight song. <laughs> and like he's the man. Another alma mater, like he uh, he he's a special dude. Like he he lives and dies K State. He bleeds purple. I'm so happy that he was able to, to stay on the staff because he is a. You're not gonna find a better recruiting nope. coordinator out there. I he's mean, the, the, best. the way that he cares about cares about us and gets guys here, and he's just hilarious. I mean, if you just spend time with him too, I'm like, dude, I, I'm so sorry. Like. <laughs> For your daughters, when <laughs> when when they have a boyfriend and bring a boyfriend over to your house, oh, oh no, my goodness, that's gonna great. be bad. That's what I'm saying. And he just laughs. He's like, oh, I know I'm screwed. All these different things, but he, no, he's a great guy. He's a great dude, and uh, he really cares about us football players. And he de- he doesn't get the credit that he deserves. I'll tell you that. Um, but I feel like with his coaching staff, with with the social media platforms that they've kind of expanded on, and we've grown in a lot. Like it's kind of given our fans a a perspective of an insight of like what he does for our football program because he is a centerpiece he's a huge part of it so yeah he i would definitely say he, he bleeds more purple than willie wildcat nah. all right last question colin klein's been your quarterback coach uh-huh. since you're i mean the, the yeah. whole time you've been yeah. here give us a story about colin that a no one, one would know <laughs> i'll tell you what i feel like um, with any with any coach you got, you spend so much time with them. Like you just pick up on you just pick up on things. Um, and Coach Klein just has a thing of like he just says says these sayings that like are stuff like my grandma and grandpa would say, you know. And like we're just be watching film, and I forgot I forgot what we were. I think it was um, I threw a pick or something, but the ball got tipped off my receiver's hands, mm. and. <laughs> the uh, the DB caught it, and he's like, you know, like I know this is is not your fault, but he said, if ifs and nuts were candies and nuts, we would all be at Christmas right now. <laughs> and like, he said that to me, and I'm like, I'm turning my my, back, my backs to him, and I'm like watching watching film, and like I sat there for a second, I'm like, wait, what did he just say? And it got to the point where I'm not kidding you. Every time he had these one liners, I had a page in my notes where oh, no. I would I would write these down. Oh. 
because they were so funny, so funny. And it's it's so hilarious because if you bring it up to his wife, Shaylin, like she, she just dies laughing because she, I mean, that's that's just who he is. He's an old soul, but um, we have a great time like with him. He's a great, great dude. Um, and it's, it's, just, it's so funny because like us quarterbacks joke around all the time about like some of the stuff he yells at us about um, and the way that he says it because it's just – he just he's 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 an awesome awesome dude and like I said we just you spend so much time with your coach and you hear the same thing over and over again that it's like we'll be throwing around uh, just us without him around and uh, like he'll like Nick Oster one of our younger quarterbacks will kind of you know critique me and and say it in the, the exact <laughs> tone voice and the way that Coach Klein would say it and it's oh it's hilarious but. No, it, 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 he's a great dude, and it, he makes the game so fun. Um, and it, he, he's a he's a great mentor and, and leader for our, our room, our quarterback room. Well, thank you so much for joining us. We probably need to pass you on. Yeah. Ryan's probably never going to let us talk to anyone ever again. <laughs> we went a little long. We went a little long, but okay. we loved it. So oh, I had fun. Uh, yeah, so you enjoy rest of media day, and uh, I'll, I'll start working on getting your nickname changed over to Pimp Juice yeah. for you. So. Sounds good. Appreciate you guys. <laughs> All right, thanks so much for stopping by. All Thank you. One pound for the house. That's all we need, baby. It's one for the house. Oh, oh, come on. Pimp juice. I think I need to let her loose. You might think I need to let her loose. Let her loose. She only want me for my pimp juice. That's all she want me for. Not my pimp juice. I'm talking no pimp juice. I think I need to cut her loose. Yes, I do. Yes, I do.